We are on Yevamos Tzadiches Amar Aleph 98a as we continue in the topic of Gerus, of, of a convert, and specifically about who they are allowed to marry uh, from within their family and who they're not allowed to marry. Uh, because we know that on a biblical level, with regards to most converts, unless it's uh, specifically a situation where uh, their mother converted while they were a fetus, but in the vast majority of cases, uh, there's a on a biblical level, they are not related to their relatives. It's only a rabbinic prohibition uh, to marry a relative, one of two possibilities, either because if you're going to tell me that there was a prohibition when they were not Jewish, to marry a relative, you're going to tell me that it doesn't exist when, when they are Jewish. People will think, the convert will think that it's easier to be a Jew or that it's uh, less, uh, less holiness associated with being a Jew. And as such, we will say on a rabbinic level that there is still a prohibition. Alternatively, the rabbinic prohibition might be because uh, a, a Jew will see that uh, this person married a relative and will think that you know what? They they won't realize that uh, the person is a ger, is a convert, and as such, they will think that it's really permissible when it's in fact not permissible. They'll, they'll extend that case to a case where um, a person was born Jewish. Now, the, the discussion, the whole question of our Gemara, uh, as we bring proofs uh, in different directions, is based off is, is a question about the case of Ashes Achiv, the cases where. Is he allowed to marry, let's say his brother also converts and gets married. Uh, so then the brother, let's say, dies, uh, even with children, or they get divorced. So is he allowed to marry his sister-in-law? Why would you say that it is allowed? The reason for that is because, first of all, you're not related. On a biblical level, you're not related to your brother anymore, um, even though, bi- even though uh, biologically you're brothers, but halakhically you are not brothers. Uh, and there shouldn't be a rabbinic prohibition here because since as a non-Jew, according to many opinions, there is no prohibition to, the only prohibitions is with regards to blood relatives, but not when it comes to through marriage. And this is your brother's wife. So maybe it should be permissible in this case. So the Gemara says as follows, Tashma, the Amr ben Yasin ben Yasin said, When I went and I found a convert that he actually married his brother's wife. It was his maternal brother's wife and, and he married her. So how was it? Did somebody allow this? He said, yes, the convert. Was this, was this allowed? He said to me, yeah. There was a situation of a woman with her seven children um, and uh, allowed, and there was a situation where uh, this was allowed with through Rabbi Kiva, and Rabbi Kiva said the following two things. These two things which seemingly are unrelated. He said as follows. He said, that a person can marry his, his uh, a convert can marry his brother's wife his maternal brother's wife, that's allowed. Uh, but Amar, and the second thing he said, which is not really connected, is that when it comes to the Pesachim, the verses in Yonah, and the whole story of Yonah, uh, which Jonah, which we read on Yom Kippur, it says in the third chapter, uh, when he runs away, that God stopped talking to him once Yonah ran away. 
uh, Rabbi Kiva says that that was the last time and God then stopped talking to him. So, so we see in the end of the day that according to Rabbi Akiva, forget about the second statement for now, but the first statement was that you're allowed to marry, a convert can marry his brother's wife. So we see that it's allowed. So isn't the case as follows, where his brother also converted and got married. So we see that you're allowed to marry, they're both Jewish, and now he's allowed to marry his brother's wife. Lo. So the says, no. The case is where he was not Jewish. Uh, the brother was not Jewish and was married as a, as a non-Jew. And then uh, his, his wife converts. So then you're allowed, allowed to marry. Why would you think you're not allowed to? It's basically the same back and forth that we had in the last recording. You might have thought that, no, even as a non-Jew, because it's a similar type of a relationship, if the brother were to be Jewish and get married, it would be a prohibition to marry the, the sister-in-law. So then even as a non-Jew, if he's married to somebody who then converts, so then there should also be a prohibition. That's what you might have thought. The conclusion is that, no, that is permissible, that there's a difference. So in the end, day, that there's a potential difference. We don't know yet. We don't know. We, Rabbi Kiva wasn't discussing the case where your brother converted also and also got married after the conversion, whether or not you're allowed to marry the sister-in-law. That's not, perhaps that's not what Rabbi Kiva was discussing. Okay, so that is, that was the potential proof and then that was the disproof to that, to that potential proof. The Gemara now is going to comment on both statements of Rabbi Kiva, the first statement and the second statement of Rabbi Kiva. But just to point out, what exactly is the connection between these two statements? It seems to be pretty random uh, two ideas of Rabbi Kiva. So one of the commentators explains that both really highlight a certain aspect uh, within each. Uh, Yonah is discussing the is the whole story of Yonah is about the repentance of the people in Nineveh. Eger is a convert. And the common theme between them is that you become like a new person for both. When it comes to a convert, it's like they're a new person. We said even with regards to the relatives, halakhically, they're viewed as new people. But it's a new life. They're taking on a new life accepting upon themselves the Torah and the commandments of the Torah. And so it's a new life. And so too, when a person repents, it's also like they could become a new being. And so therefore, it is, um, there's a certain theme between the two. So the Gemara now is going to ask or discuss the first statement and then the second statement. So the first statement was, at least with regards to this whole story, uh, this person uh, asked the convert, and the convert said, yeah, I'm allowed to marry my sister-in-law because Rabbi Kiva allowed it. So the Gemara said, Mima Hemen, is he really believed? We had this statement earlier in the tractate. Essentially, a, you're not allowed to come up with a ruling if the question was just asked to you. If you just got asked a question, if you knew the halach, if you knew the law beforehand, and you're just repeating your position from beforehand, that's fine. But to come up with a new position based on a new case, a new scenario, so then how is that allowed? That shouldn't be allowed. Um, and this seemingly is a case where uh, this is just a new ruling. This is a new ruling, uh, which never came up before. Um, and just to point out, there was a discussion, what exactly does this mean? A rabbi is never allowed to come up with a ruling based on a case that comes up. So Tosos, in the tractate earlier, one of the classic commentators, he points out that what we're discussing here is where 
the posik, the rabbi who's uh, who's giving this uh, uh, ruling, it, it has some sort of relevance to him. It has, it's applicable to him, and so therefore he potentially is biased uh, because it, it is applicable to him, and so therefore he has to excuse himself from providing a ruling, unless he's already given a ruling in the past, which when he wasn't, uh, when it didn't impact him directly or even close to directly. Uh, it didn't. Uh, it didn't impact him. So then he could continue with his ruling. But if we're discussing a case where it does impact him, so then he's not allowed to uh, offer a ruling. So how does the Gemara explain this? The Gemara gives three different answers to this question. No. <laughs> it was a case where he had the ruling, and then the the situation came in front of him. Uh, you're assuming that he never had this ruling. He never had this law before him, but he did. He already had this uh, idea. This uh, this law, and then. The story came up. Alternatively, uh, this is really coming from a proof which happened earlier. It's true this is a new case now, but we're bringing this from a proof that had that happened earlier. Look, we had this woman with her seven children. This was some story where this took place. And so we're bringing a proof from an earlier uh, story. Finally, the third answer, the third answer is that no, because Rabbi Kiva, interestingly enough, he's he's giving two he gives two statements, and once we believe the second statement about uh, Yonah and what happened to Yonah and the fact that he he received his last prophecy, and because he ran away, he's not going to receive prophecy anymore. Uh, because uh, we believe Rabbi Kiva with regards to that statement, we believe him with regards to the entire statement, um, and so we'll believe him. We'll believe all of it. Uh, together. And so that's how we could believe it in this case, even though it might be a case where he's giving his first time giving a ruling when this situation came up. Okay, that is all with regards to the first half of Rabbi Kiva. With regards to the second half of Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva said, Hashem never spoke to, to Yonah again. He never spoke to Jonah again. So the Gemara asks, is that really true? So the Gemara says... We have a verse in Melachim Beis, not in Yonah, but in Kings too. The verse says, We see that Hashem did speak to Yonah afterwards. So Amar, Ravina, two answers. Al iske ninve ka'amar. The point is, is that what it means that he only spoke to Hashem, only spoke to Yonah twice, it means with regards to that situation, with regards to the repentance of the people from Ninveh, Hashem only spoke to him twice about it, he didn't speak to him again. Of course, according to Ravina, he spoke to him other times as well, um, but it wasn't about Ninveh. That's one answer. Second answer is, Rav Nachman Yitzhak Amar, this is what the verse means in Melachim. It's not that Hashem spoke to Yonah, but just like whatever happened in the story of Yonah, where it switched by Ninveh from bad to good, so too in the context of Melachim Beis, in that context, it's discussing how Yeravim will also it'll change for the Jewish people from bad to good, but not that there was actual prophecy to uh, Yonah. Uh, just to point out that the commentators say that we find other verses as well where Hashem spoke to Yonah, 
So you have to figure out maybe that was all on the same day. Um, it was all one prophecy. So that itself is uh, requires more analysis. But uh, that is the conclusion of the Gemara with regards to that proof. So that was one potential proof. We rejected that proof because we said, no, it was discussing a case where the brother converted, where the brother married the woman before he converted. And then we had a few questions on that story with Rabbi Akiva. Next potential proof, Tashma. We have the following brisa, the following cases. Ger. Basically, the case is where uh, the mother converted when she was pregnant, such that the fetus uh, was conceived as a, as a non-Jew, but was born as a Jew. So the Gemara says as follows. The Bryce says, these are the following laws. He's related to the relatives of his mother moving forward because he was born as a Jew and he's still related to his mother, but not to the relatives of his father, as we pointed out above in the previous recording. It's above in the Gemara uh, that when it comes to the relatives of his father, because his father is not Jewish, so therefore halachically he's not viewed as related with regards to these laws of of, uh, of Gileariah, of incest, of marrying within the family, that doesn't apply to the relatives of the father if the father is not uh, Jewish. So what exactly, practically, what, what what are the cases, what are the various rabbinic prohibitions, there might be rabbinic prohibitions here, which are added on. So cases, what are the cases, out of confusion perhaps, uh, that you might confuse different cases. So what is it, Kesa, how, how does this play out? So if a person marries his sister from his maternal sister, so then they have to get divorced. Uh, if you marry your maternal sister, you have to get divorced. And it's important to note that Rashi points out that even if it's your maternal sister who was your sister before your mother converted, so she was also not Jewish, and then she converts, the reason why you, you have to get divorced, even though you're not related to her, because she converted. She, she was a full-fledged convert, and you're not related on a biblical level, but because you might get confused with the case where, uh, let's say it's your sister, after the conversion there, you are biblically uh, related on a biblical level, so you might get confused, so we say get divorced. However, if it's your paternal sister, you're allowed to stay married. However, what if it's your aunt? Well, how is it your aunt? If it's your father's sister, but if it's your father's maternal sister. So we said you're not related to your father. However, explains Rashi, uh, because this is your aunt on your father's side, you might get confused when it, it's your maternal aunt, your your father's maternal sister, so it's your father's mother's uh, daughter, it's your father's maternal sister, because you might get confused because it has some maternal aspect to it with regards to your aunt on the other side, uh, where it's your mother's uh, sister, let's say. So then, in that case, you might get confused, and so therefore we say you have to get divorced in that case. Minha'av uh, yikayim. But if it's your father's paternal sister, so then you can stay married. That's fine. Stay married because you're not related and we have no concerns. We won't create rabbinic prohibitions in that case. But if it's Mishama'av, Yikayim. So basically, the case is as follows. What if it's your mother's sister, your aunt, and it's your mother's maternal sister, that for sure you have to get divorced for. That's all she'er ha'aim, that's all relatives through the mother. 
But what if it's your mother's sister, but it's your, but it's your pater, her paternal sister? So that is a dispute. Romero says you have to, divorce, to get divorced. The Chacham say you could stay married because it's coming from the father, it's, it's, which you're not related to. Your mother's father, the father is not, they're not Jewish, and so therefore the mother and the sister are not really related. So the Chacham say you could stay married. Romero, however, says because you're going to get confused. Any time that there's some sort of relative on the mother's side, you have to get divorced. Uh, that that's uh, uh, that yeah, you'd, you'd have to get you'd have to get divorced. Okay, so now the brayza continues, and that really doesn't discuss our main issue. The next line discusses our main issue, and it says achiv. Now we're discussing. We're not discussing the same case as before, where um, it was a person who who became Jewish because the mother converted while she was pregnant. Now it's a regular convert. A regular situation where a person converts. Um, so we say that he's allowed to marry both his maternal uh, brother's wife and his paternal brother's wife. It doesn't make a difference. It's allowed. So we see that it's allowed. So we're going to get back to it. Let's just finish uh, the brysa, the entire brysa. We'll get back to that, that specific case. You're also allowed to marry your father's brother's wife. That's allowed. So your father's brother's wife is allowed. And all other... Um, Situations are allowed. What does that include? It means your father's wife. Your father's wife, who's not your mother, uh, your father's uh, your father's wife, you are also allowed to uh, marry. Nasa Isha, the Bryson continues to other cases. Nasa Isha Vibita, Kones, Achas, Umote Achas, Lachatzila, Lo Yechnos. The Gemara will discuss uh, these different cases, but essentially, if your person marries, Let's say he marries, let's say he converts. Rashi says maybe also even if he doesn't convert, he's Jewish. But he marries a mother-daughter who converted. Both the mother and the daughter converted. They both converted, so they're not related to each other. And a person marries the mother and the daughter. So we say you, can't, you can only stay married to one. You, get, you, you have to divorce one, stay married to one. The Bryce says you shouldn't even get married to begin with to both. That's obvious. So the Gemara will explain what exactly that does that mean. But then the last line of this Bryce, and then we're going to return to our proof, Let's say in that case where you married the mother and the daughter, or let's say you just married uh, the daughter. So then when the daughter dies, there's a dispute, are you allowed to marry the mother? Now in a regular case where it's just Jews, so then everybody agrees you're not allowed to marry the mother even after you marry your mother-in-law after your your wife passes away. Everybody agrees that's not allowed. Uh, You're not allowed to do that. We'll see, as we've seen in the past also, there's a dispute as to whether or not you have the same severe punishment if, you're, if your wife is alive or not, but certainly there's a prohibition. But when it comes to a convert, there are those that say if, you're, if the wife passes away, you're allowed to marry the mother-in-law. Again, this is all a case where the mother and the uh, daughter converted. Okay. The point is, Ketani Mios, Mutter The point is that within this brisa, within all the cases of this brisa, we had the case where you're allowed to marry... Your brother's wife, if your brother converted, right? My love, isn't the case where the brother uh, converted as well, and then he got married. So uh, as, as Jews, it was a Jewish couple. And so therefore that proves to us that you're allowed to marry your sister-in-law. No, the case is where he was not Jewish, and he was married, to his, he was married and then the sister-in-law converts. So what's the, that, the same rejection that we gave for the past two times? You might have thought that that's also not allowed. Because you might get confused in a case where the brother does convert and gets married. 
But no, in the end, they, that case is allowed. If the brother was not was a non-Jew and and, and uh, as a non-Jew was married, so then you're allowed to that sister-in-law converts. You're allowed to marry that sister-in-law. Okay, that's the end with all the proofs, the back and forth proofs. For the next couple of minutes, we'll just get up to the Mishnah, and it, the Gemara will just discuss some of the cases of this last brisa. They quote quoted a whole bunch of cases about different cases where on a rabbinic level we're going to say it's not allowed, it is allowed, or we're going to get confused from other cases. Uh, so let's discuss uh, those cases. It says that if you marry the two converts who is a mother and daughter, biologically mother and daughter, so we say you can only stay married to one, you have to get divorced from the other one. And then the Bryson says, and by the way, you shouldn't marry both. That's obvious. If you're going to have to get divorced, obviously you shouldn't initially get married to both. That's obvious. So what does it mean? Hasam kai v'hachi all, the point is that all the cases that we mentioned in the Brisa, which says you're allowed to stay married, you're allowed to stay married. So let's say it's your father's uh, sister, paternal sister. We said you're allowed to stay married. What that means is that not that you're initially allowed to get married. No, no one's saying you're initially allowed to get married. No one's saying that there are all these rabbinic prohibitions that say you shouldn't get married. But the point is, if you did get married, there are certain cases where we say you're allowed to stay married. Other cases we say you have to get divorced. But there are certain cases where we say you're allowed to stay married. And finally, the last analysis. We had the dispute. What happened? Mother-daughter who, who converted and you marry the daughter uh, and then she dies. So while, she, while you're married to the daughter and she's alive, you're not allowed to marry the mother-in-law uh, as a convert. Certainly as a Jew. If everybody's Jewish, you're not allowed to. But if they were converts also, you're not allowed to marry the mother-in-law. What happens if the wife dies? The mother and daughter were converts, so they're biblically not related to each other. So we say there's a dispute. Are you allowed to be married? Are you allowed to marry the mother-in-law? So what's the dispute based upon? So the Gemara explains. There's a dispute between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shemal. That we referenced a minute ago, that uh, what happens in a regular case of Jews, everybody's Jewish and the, and the wife passes away and you, to marry the mother-in-law, according to Rabbi Yishmael, it's the same prohibition. It has a severe punishment, same prohibition. So according to Rabbi Yishmael, if the mother and daughter were converts, so then we would also say that yeah, after the wife dies, you're also not allowed to marry the, the mother-in-law. Rabbi Kiva, on the other hand, holds that if everybody's Jewish, it's true there's a prohibition, but it's not as severe. You don't get as severe of a punishment. Since you don't get as severe of a punishment, it's true there's a prohibition, but when it comes, if the mother and daughter were converts and they're not really biblically even related to each other, so then Rabbi Kiva is of the opinion that since uh, when it comes to Jews, it gets take, taken down a notch. It, it's no longer a severe punishment. So then when it comes to converts, if uh, the mother and daughter converted and you were married to the daughter, so then the daughter dies, so then you are allowed to marry the mother-in-law. Okay. That concludes that entire Gemara analysis. At the end of the day, we don't really have a, a proof whether the convert can marry his uh, sister-in-law. Uh, but it concludes our Gemara, and we'll begin a new Mishnah. Very interesting next Mishnah in the next recording.